Welcome to A Little TLC, the podcast where we embark on an enlightening journey through the ever-evolving world of education. I'm your host, Heather Volchko, and I'm on a mission to empower educators and changemakers to skillfully navigate the intricacies of serving our most exceptional students. Every month, we'll be exploring a unique and timely theme in a mini-series format, whether we're digging into inclusive teaching practices, addressing student mental health challenges, or exploring the intricate connection between our personal and professional lives, each month offers an in-depth exploration of weekly topics that truly matter. I hope you're ready to be both challenged and inspired because this is a little TLC. All right. Well, welcome back for uh, another month of conversations. Uh, This month is all about compassion. Um, So we're taking the lens of compassionate care. And I'm excited to have Waddell with us. Um, He's our social worker, a longtime friend of mine, um, out there doing some amazing work on behalf of a bunch of students kind of walking through some stuff in life. Um, So we're going to kick it off with just what is compassionate care? Um, Just in general, it is actually something that comes from the medical field. Um, But with social work and behavior analysis, we sort of live with one foot in the medical field and one foot in a whole bunch of other places. Um, So Let's kick it off, Waddell. What are when you think of compassionate care? What is coming up for you? Um. So when I think of compassionate care, I um, you're, you're right. It does come from the medical field, but like being a social worker, um, you, you everything we do, um, it, it has to be compassionate. Everything that we do. Mm-hmm. With um, with our, I mean, for me, I work with kiddos or whatever. But um, even with the parents, even with um, um, just the systems that we work within, um, it has to be with compassionate care. And compassionate care for me means um, just you're doing the work that you do, but you do it with a sense of like love and affection and like treating people like people um i do pottery or whatever and um one of the things i i put at the big at the bottom of every piece i have is a motto i live by which is treat people like people um (laughs) um and like to me that's compassionate care to me like treat people like people um, sometimes that means yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like treating people like people. Um, so for me, compassionate care, uh, when, when I'm with a kiddo that's been through some trauma, when I'm with, uh, a parent who, um, is discovering the trauma, um, uh, of the, the, what the kid, uh, is going through, um, you go in there with a sense of humanity, humility. Um, of course, in a social work world, it's uh, more trauma-informed care is, is mm-hmm. the phrase that you hear more than compassionate care, but they're kind of they're kind of the same um, lens or whatever, right? You go in there with, with an, int- an intention of being mm-hmm. compassionate and, and being... Um, treating them like human beings, treating them like, treating people like, you know, you're going through stuff, I'm going to walk with you, right? I'm not going to drag you, I'm not going to be the leader or, or, or sage on the stage, which I hate, I'm going to walk with you. Um, 
But I love how you're saying like, that's intentional, right? Like that is a choice that we make as professionals to show up that way and interact in that manner. Um, Like it's a, it's a conscious choice to demonstrate sympathy or empathy or whatever, you know, other words you want to throw around it, but just being sensitive to what the other person is going through. And I mean, if they're with us, there's typically a reason for it. Um, And so like just honoring that and acknowledging that. I mean, you'll hear me say all the time, just, just be nice. (laughs) Like whatever, just be nice. Like it's not that complicated. Um, Right. I mean, and and it's like, it's, it's, it reminds me of one of those things where I always say, um, love your neighbor because like for, for unfortunately for a lot of us and myself included, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect or whatever. Um, but because you get in your you get in your emotions, you get in your 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 moods or whatever the case may be, and you never you have to remind yourself. You have to be intentional about like just being, like you said, being nice. You have to be intentional about meeting that person um, where they are and, and being compassionate and showing that. So that's um, that's uh, in a nutshell a lot of it. That's what it means for me. And that's what I I try to do um, with with every client that I I meet with, but not even, not even just with clients, like with anyone. That's that's kind of that's kind of where I try to go. Well, and that's where I mean, like it is just who you are, right? It's just how you right. see people, so it's natural that that would show up in your practice. Right, um, right. And I know like a pretty big rub that will come from uh, teachers to service providers is like, sure, you can be nice and you can be compassionate and you can, you know, do all those things because you only got one person in your office, right? Like I'm stuck right. over here with 30 of them every 45 minutes, right? Or even more than that now, a lot of places. Um, but like, how how do we, I don't know, I guess, is there even a difference? Is there even a difference in terms of how we show up? For one person for their specific needs or for a group of people um, that are absolutely going to have all kinds of different needs. Um, does compassionate care show up differently in those settings or is it really just kind of the same intention? I think it's kind of the same intention or whatever. Um, obviously, if you're in a classroom for 30 kids or whatever and, and you got you have to pay attention. I remember working in schools a lot and I remember seeing um, you you have a classroom for twenty or thirty kids, and one kid is just like just mm-hmm. losing his mind, or <laughs> losing her mind, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like you're trying to you're at the front of the classroom, and you're trying to teach or whatever, and you're trying to give out a lesson for the day, and you want like it's part of you wants to ignore, just ignore the kid and let the kid just do whatever they uh whatever they're going to do but that's not really being compassionate right and mm-hmm. part of you wants to like stop your lesson in the, in the middle of it be like yo cut it out and yell at them and scream at them but again that's not being compassionate so you have to find a way to balance between being a teacher or whatever and being compassionate and showing that that care for for um for the kid. I will say this after being in um 
I reckon I fully, fully, fully recognize how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, after being, after spending so many years in so many classrooms over, over my time as a social worker, um, you want to talk about a profession that is underpaid and undervalued and underappreciated. It's teachers, because like just the, the magic that you have to do to make a classroom uh, uh, run and work and, and, and operate and still get these kids to uh, lessons. And when you really think about it, like we can all remember teachers and remember lessons from like, I'm thir- I just turned 39 years old and I can remember teachers from like elementary school and middle school that like lessons and things that happen and like that's compassion and care in the classroom and it takes talent like it takes mm-hmm. absolute talent absolute um um skill to to do that and i salute to the teachers <laughs> well truly thank you for saying that because Gosh, especially coming out of COVID. I mean, it's it's definitely in the rearview mirror oh at this God, point, even though yeah. everybody's sick, right? Like, but my goodness, like it's the need, the challenges, the under-resourcing, the stress, yeah. like all the things that as educators we are showing up with on the daily. Um, just thank you for honoring that. Thank you for acknowledging that that is real and that is true because especially um, like I'm an educator and it was, you know, just one more thing, just one more thing. So, okay, cool. Now I got to do all these things. And now you want me to be nice while I'm doing it, right? Like all these extra pieces. Um, But honestly, like when I think about compassionate care in the classroom, it's just, can my students trust me? Um, Like, am I demonstrating dignity? Like, do they have dignity in my eyes? And do they know that about themselves or about my view of them? Is that coming through a a respectful interaction, even when some kids losing their ever loving mind? Um, And then like, can I walk that with them in a way, probably using some like, I don't know, the way that I communicate with them or um, the the way they see me interact with either their peers or my peers or their parents, right? Regardless of the frustrations that I have and the assumptions I might be making, and even if the assumptions may be accurate, right? Like, ben, but am I demonstrating some of these things in a way that they can see, like, no, like you have dignity in my space. Um, you like have the opportunity to choose to be able to trust me and that I am actually trustworthy. Um, right. And that 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 just that exudes through if I'm teaching the literacy lesson, if I'm working on basic math skills, if I'm, you know, we're watching some science video, like whatever it is, um, that that's just a manner of doing what I'm doing. It's not another thing that I need to be right. doing. Right. And, that, and that's the thing. I'm glad you said that because kids can pick up on genuineness. Like, oh, yeah. Kids pick up on genuineness like. Like that. Mm-hmm. More than are oftentimes better than as adults, right? Totally. Our kids pick up on genuineness. And if you doing whatever your lesson you're te- you're teaching or whatever um your your uh is going on in the classroom, you do it from like genuineness and you do it from like intent and compassion, like they know when you're being when you're being real, and when you're like, all right, this lady, she she doesn't really care. All right, mm-hmm. 
Sorry, she she could she like she's here for a paycheck. Which, if you're here for a paycheck as a teacher nowadays, like uh, maybe if if that, if that's all you're doing it for, maybe you should rethink your your choices. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I just think we had a a student. Um, we were pulled in because the staff were kind of at their wits end they didn't really know like what direction to go next with this uh young man um and the more we chatted with the team and spent time in the classroom around the building that kind of stuff i ended up having to kind of have an uncomfortable conversation with the team that says yeah totally the he is calling stuff out saying it in ways you probably shouldn't be doing but is he wrong um like let's back this up a second and have that uncomfortable conversation they like yeah sure how he's communicating what he's saying all right all right we'll work on it right but if you don't want him to say it then it shouldn't be true right Um, (laughs) you know but part of that is coming through like wanting to be treated in a way that maybe we as adults are not treating other people and that could be our students it could just be other people around us right how many times do we interact with our colleagues in one way and turn around and have a different expectation of our students um. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No, it, 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 it's so it's so true. I think one of the things that like I've said before um, is when you talk about like I'm trying to think of the best way to put it: respecting the humanity of children. Mm. And what I mean by that is yes. You're a kid. Yes, you um you're still learning, you're still growing. You um um your frontal lobe or whatever, uh, your brain isn't fully developed, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But you're still human and you're still a an intelligent being and you can still notice when stuff ain't right and when we when we so often um, dismiss a kid's um, insight or or information as like oh it's just being a kid they don't know any better uh, and like you see it so often in so many realms uh, realms um, whether it's school whether it's in social work whether it's I mean, like that that kid is still a human being. That kid still is like able of seeing, yo, something's not right. Like this ain't what what do they say nowadays? Uh, the math ain't mathing. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? Like yep. the math ain't mathing. Like they can still see that. Yep. Um, by the way, that just made me sound like super God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, <laughs> working with kids, I swear to God, like working with kids, um, they, 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 they let you know how old you are all the time. Yes, yes, all not a fan to point that out. <laughs> oh my God, no. But oh I don't know, God. I feel like sometimes though I could take those conversations and spin it and be like, yeah. And that's part of my life, right? It's part of my story. It's part of me being a human, you know, and like take that as part of the conversation, um, that it's not something that can draw dissension or draw difference. 
But yeah, just means I'm a few more years ahead of you and you'll get here too. Preview of coming attractions, you know. (laughs) (laughs) The kids keep you humble. That's for sure. For real. Kids keep you humble. This week, it's webinar week. Dive into an exclusive webinar featuring insights from practitioners just like you who've achieved remarkable success in their own corners of our education world. Whether you aspire to advance your career, explore new possibilities, or simply expand your horizons, our webinars cover a vast array of topics. Pre-recorded webinars offer the flexibility you need to fit learning into your busy life. You have the power to watch, rewind, and replay the content at your convenience. And did we mention you can earn continuing education units too? But that's not all. By becoming a member of the TLC Network, you gain access to professionals committed to walking this experience together. Learners get access to valuable webinars, enriching workshops, and engaging guest hangouts. Supporters gain access to our vibrant online community, monthly Q&A sessions, and join discussions in a little PLC. Clever, right? Either way, you'll be among the first to access our podcast and blog pairing every week. Don't let time constraints hold you back. Embrace this incredible opportunity to invest in yourself and your profession. Join us for this week's webinar and seize the opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive on your terms. I appreciate that you see kids for who they are in that moment, um, but that you can also see kids for who they could be um, and that you're willing to help kind of connect the dots um, and walk that through with them, for them, um, and potentially even with people around them. Um, But like, that's not just like a professional choice of like you choose to engage in a career where you get to do that. Um, But it's also just like a, kind of what we were saying, like a way of being, right? That we're we're choosing to see a potential something that could be different and lean into that um, and provide that other angle, that other option and see the potential within a situation or a person that they can, that we believe that they can actually grow into. Because then we can still honor like, yeah, and life sucks and stuff's hard. And like, there are things that are totally stacked against you. 100% true, accurate, and valid, but we can also fight against that, work against it, and become something other than it, Um, and I just, I'm so thankful that you choose to, you know, engage in a career like that, but also that you just see the world like that, that you truly can see the silver linings, you can see through the right now to be able to see the what could be. Right, right. Um, Yeah, I try to live, not just with my job, but with just my interactions with people and and um I'm always looking for the good in in almost everything. Don't get me wrong, some things are more are, are more <laughs> difficult than others. Oh, yeah. Um um we're we're not gonna get into politics, Lord. <laughs> uh, but some things are more difficult than others. Um uh, but I try to see the good in everything. And, and if I can't see the good in everything, uh, in something, I'm like, I, I ask questions. Why? I ask, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm quick to ask, like, what am I missing here? Um, I mean, just to get into politics, but not too much, not too much. Follow <laughs> me here. Like when I encounter people who have different political views than I do, mm-hmm. um. I'm I'm always asking. So 
I refuse to think of you as less than just because you have a certain political view. I refuse to uh, to acknowledge, uh, not acknowledge your humanity mm-hmm. um, just because you have a different political view than I do. So where where is that common ground? Where is that, where, right, what are we missing? What are you missing from me and what am I missing from you for us to see the humanity within um, each other? And don't get me wrong, my wife thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think what you're saying is that you you have to be okay being uncomfortable to be able to even consider extending that compassion, right? Like you have right. to be able to sit in something if it's a conversation or if it's just like that emotional reaction that comes from, you know, seeing something, right? It may not even be like a two-way street, right? But like there there is a a capacity to be able to sit with that discomfort and do it in a way that could be constructive so that you could say, right. I feel this, I notice this, but I'm also choosing to hope for or consider or something else, right? Like, and that's that's hard. I mean, like oh. we work with our kids on that, but good gracious, as adults, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's very difficult. Um, I'm curious, to, like for you, like where... What what drives you to do that? What drives you to do that? Mm. Um, I am in my heart of hearts. I'm I'm a systems girl, uh, and I get really frustrated when something that doesn't make sense around an individual is part of like what I would say creating their suffering. Um, and so if I can leverage whatever role I'm given, whatever seat I have at any given table. Um, to be able to mitigate some of those things, knowing that there are things in all of our life stories that can't necessarily be changed. Um, if there are aspects that can be changed so that other things can be worked through and we're not just simply everything stacked against, you know, certain communities or certain students that, you know, I'm working with or even quite honestly, some staff um, in their both personal and professional situations, if there's something that can be done so that what I would call like the real work, like if the system can get out of the way and humans can just be humans, um, then <laughs> like the work can be done, you know? Like why are we working within other things that maybe just don't need to be things? What is your, like what, what do you think made you this way? Yeah, I had that conversation with my family Um Maybe a couple of years ago now, uh, because, yeah, it was sort of the, how did I get here? Why do I do this? Um, And I think it was my mom that actually called out. She's like, you've always been drawn to the outliers. Um, She's like, since you were little, little, like playground, not thinking, you know, all the social stuff you and I banter about. Um, But like long before that is even understood um she's like you were always drawn to the people on the outskirts the people who weren't included the people that she's like every time she's like look at your birthday parties look at who you chose to invite who do you you know who you chose to spend time with um she's like it was always the people that didn't necessarily have a spot um and so I guess that's just who I am like that's just how I started and it has shown up professionally um and then I mean you know me personally as well like it's just kind of 
who I am and what I do. And I try to just leverage anything that I have in any given situation um, to, you know, meet, serve, um, extend, expand, whatever kind of words you want to put on it. Um, you know, those, those around me. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense. Even just thinking about our friendship <laughs> and, and thinking about how, um, I, I sometimes I think about the people who are in my life and who have been in my life and like why they're in my life or whatever. Mm. Um, and like hearing you say that makes sense because the Lord <laughs> knows I was an outlier um, um, for so many years. Who am I kidding? I'm still an outlier. I was gonna say, <laughs> I think we're both outliers. It works. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So that made, yeah, that made sense coming from um, um, knowing you and knowing how you always were and always are, um, and just the work that you've done um, and the kids that you uh, are drawn to, the stories you're drawn to. I mean, especially this work with TLC, just you're looking for the outliers. You're thinking about the outliers. Yeah, and you're thinking about the pieces. I I I often think of um, our society is um, like a like we 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 try to do everything like an assembly line, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and on an assembly line, you always have the person, the quality control person, that's there to pluck out the things that don't. Um, uh, fit perfectly or whatever. Um, like you go to, or another example is when you go to the grocery store and, oh, this apple has a certain oh. brew, so I'm not going to, like, no, that's still a good apple. <laughs> like, like what, what, what are we doing here? Um, and it's like, let, let's, let's go to that apple with the brew. That bruise could be a very good bruise. Mm-hmm. That could be like very juicy or, or applesauce, you know, like, man. Come on. It, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So no, that makes sense. Well, I think you and I are sitting here kind of having this conversation going, like, this is how we see the world. Um, so it's sort of obvious to us. Um, and I, you know, if I might be so bold, sometimes we struggle to work with people who don't. Um, and we just that is when we choose to sit in those uncomfortable moments and we choose to see the potential in them as, you know, colleagues or fellow adults in the world. Um, so I'm thinking like, I'd like to kind of wrap up this week's conversation with just, so how do we do what we do? How have we grown? I mean, even, I mean, we're talking about compassionate care, but there's a lot of overlap with emotional intelligence. Um, and just like, how, how do we do that? So I don't know, I'm thinking like, for both you and me, we tend to be pretty self-aware. Um, we're pretty introspective. We're, you know, aware of our thinking, our reacting. We'll notice when we react to something and we're like, oh, pause, where did that come from? Um, but it's kind of that emotional intelligence side of things that I think could be part of then being able to demonstrate uh, compassionate care. Are you thinking of other things that are, I don't know, maybe what would allow people or kind of position people to be able to demonstrate compassionate care if it's maybe not their first go-to? That's a good question. Um, 
You're right. It, it, it's hard. It, it's a hard question because you're right. It does come. I'm not gonna say I'm like empathy. Like empathy. Mm-hmm. Like like yo. Like really, really thinking. Um. I really been intentional in thinking about other people maybe having a different than 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 you. I mean, like, and the reason why that's different difficult for me to answer because like I can look back on my life and I can look back on things that I've been through, and like that drives my empathy, right? Mm. I, I that drives like struggles I've had, you know, like losing my father when I was 15 and, and being homeless a year later and, and like that drives my empathy, right? Sure. Um but like the reality is for a lot of people that's not a lot of people's story. So it's like we it, it's funny because we you talk about obviously I'm sitting trying to study for my exam. Um <laughs> So I think about like just the the um, developmental stages of life that you have or whatever, and it's like a healthy evolution, according to one of those old guys, is like just get to a place where you can think about other, you can think about um, um, other people's perspective, other uh, people's experiences, other people's like journeys or whatever. And even if you don't agree with it, even if you don't um, uh, fully understand it, um, at least recognizing that journey as being valuable, that journey as being human, that journey as being something that, um, that, has just as much validity as your journey. Yeah, I think you're, I mean, you're hitting on something I was thinking of just, are we even recognizing what other people are feeling? Not that kid is flipping out, right? Like, oh, they're angry, right? But like, are we actively listening to what is being communicated in the meltdown or in the withdrawal, right? Like when they're just pulling back and not communicating, like, are we noticing? Are we like truly actively trying to see through what we're seeing to be able to figure out where it's coming from. I mean, I have the conversation that like anger is rooted in anxiety and fear and it like blows people's minds that they think, oh, angry, aggressive, you know, out, you know, lashing out and all the things. It's like, but where is it coming from? Right. Um, And that's kind of the acknowledging the feelings or those emotions behind the behaviors. Like we can see what we can see, but where is it coming from? That's where right. the work can be done. But that's what you're talking about. Like, can we either because we have a shared experience that we may be able to kind of tap into ourselves to understand where that may be coming from? Or can we just be actively present? Like, can we actively listen, not just to the words, but like to the situation or put some of those pieces together on behalf of, honestly, some students that haven't completely put all those pieces together yet either. And that's part of why they're reacting. But I love that you're you're really saying, like, are we noticing um, and like, are we choosing to be present enough to be able to notice so that we can then actually walk them through it? No, absolutely, absolutely. And that's the part that is like you have to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to be intentional about that because it is so easy to to um kind of dismiss it or or um I don't want to say dismiss it, but it's so easy to 
be self-centered in your own ways and like you have to be like I always say I uh, who is it um one of the old philosophers and sorry if I'm I'm getting too too crazy but like I've, I've always thought about this like, uh, is man inherently bad or is man mm-hmm. inherently good and I always say man is inherently selfish and it makes sense that we're inherently selfish, which means because uh, we have to be selfish to to eat, we have to be selfish to breathe, we have to be selfish to, you know, uh, get jobs, education, yada yada. Right? It makes sense that we're inherently selfish because that's how we survive. But that also means that we have to be very intentional about being very unselfish. We have to be very intentional about um, considering other people, considering other other perspectives and, and, and viewpoints and stuff like that. Um, because that's inherently, that's not something I feel that comes natural to us. I, I mean, it goes back to it's a choice, right? Right, right. It has to be a choice. Absolutely has to be a choice. Well, honestly, I think I'm going to put a pin in it right there. Um, We'll pause this week uh, and we'll pick up next week, uh, specifically looking at like, what does this look like in a school? Sounds good. All right. I'll catch you then. Hey, before you jump back into your busy life, we want to invite you to head over to thresholdlearning.org, your one-stop destination for all things TLC. Here you'll find our blog with this episode's show notes, our ever-expanding bookshelf of resources, and anything else we've talked about. Trust us, there's a ton of benefits waiting for you to explore. Just head over to thresholdlearning.org, click on Network, and we'll see you on the inside. Sharing the podcast with your colleagues is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at Threshold Learning TLC on Facebook and Instagram. A personal recommendation is by far the best way to share the podcast. Let them know they can listen on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else they catch their podcasts. Just be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. You can email us at info at thresholdlearning.org. We always enjoy connecting with fellow educators and champions for educational justice. You can find everything you're looking for at thresholdlearning.org. See you there.